You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, April 16th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Joining us today is a familiar face or a familiar voice since it's a podcast. It is Joe Marino. If you have listened to this podcast before, you've probably heard Joe. He is the host of the Locked On Bills podcast. So we speak with him before Jets Bills games. But Joe is also a draft expert at the Draft Network, and he's here today to talk some prospects. Joe, welcome back to Locked On Jets. Thanks for having me, John. And for any Locked On Bills listeners that may have decided to listen to this podcast because I'm on it, um, just know that I'm intellectually honest with what I say, and I have some good things to say about Joe Douglas in the direction of this team. So uh, you'll just have to bear with me on that. Now, Joe, it's a little bit different now. The last couple of years when we've spoken, we've had a chance to talk about the quarterbacks our teams drafted in 2018 and compare them, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. And it's kind of the end of an era because Sam Darnold has been traded to Carolina. Of course, Josh Allen is doing great things in Buffalo. But that means the Jets are going to take a quarterback with the second overall pick. And whenever I have somebody on the show to talk draft, the first thing I have to ask them is, what do you think, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson? Are you going to throw a wild card at me? No, you know, I think this is kind of a boring conversation in terms of like what quarterback they're going to draft. All indications are that this is Zach Wilson from BYU. Trevor Lawrence is going one. Zach Wilson is going two. I think there's a conversation to be had about, you know, should it be Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? I have them very closely rated, but I think, the Jets fans can go ahead and order those Zach Wilson jerseys because I think he's going to be the pick. Now, let's, let me ask you what you think they should do. <laughs> I Well, listen, they should pick the player they, they like the most, right? And so I have Justin Fields. I, we numerically grade our prospects at the Draft Network. I have Justin Fields as an 89.5. I have Zach Wilson as an 89. So I'm I'm not that firm on which quarterback I like better. If I have to side with one, it is Justin Fields. And the reason for that is because I think you have a larger resume of high-level performance at a, against a higher level of competition. And I think physically they're pretty similar. Uh, I think Fields is probably more dynamic in terms of mobility, but arm talent-wise and, and that dual-threat nature, I think you have very similar players. But with Zach Wilson, in terms of me buying in, I do have to be mindful that 2019 and 2018 did happen for him. And he had some struggles against, you know, San Diego state and Hawaii and those types of teams. But dude, if you watch 2020 and and you don't, you're not aware of 2018 and 2019, you don't have any questions. I mean, I watch Zach Wilson tape, John, and my jaws on the floor. I mean, it's literally, I can't get it off the floor because the high level plays that this guy's making the throws down the field, you watch it, and, and there's part of it where you're like, I'm not sure that this is going to translate. And then you just keep watching game after game after game, and you're like, yeah, I'm in. I mean, this guy's a special player that can pretty much do what he wants on the football field, and he'll be difficult to defend in the NFL. So, look, I mean, they're real close to me, and I totally understand the decision if it is Zach Wilson. 
So there you have it. A Jets hating Bills fan says the Jets are going to draft a quarterback who he has a full half point graded graded a half, full half point lower than Justin Fields. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I mean the objective. I'm just joking, of course. Uh, thank you for great information there. Um, so the Jets also have a second first round pick at 23 overall, and. To me, and you know, we'll see what you think. To me, like the ideal scenario would be one of these top corners falling to 23, although I'm not sure how realistic it's going to be. And one thing that's kind of interesting about this year's corner class is that unless, except maybe with the exception of Farley, it feels like all these top corners had some relative who played in the NFL. You had, yeah. you have Sertain, <laughs> whose father was at, it was a corner uh, in the league. You, you, uh, you have Horn, who was related to Joe Horn, the former Saints receiver. A little bit lower, you have Asante Samuel Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this year's corner class? Is it realistic to hope that one of these top guys falls to 23 at the Jets' second first-round pick? Well, I don't think you ever say never when it comes to the NFL draft. I don't think they're going to be in play for J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain the second. Now, my number one cornerback in the class is Caleb Farley, but – that's not really factoring in the medical side of things. I, I evaluate the player based on their traits, you know, the tape, the athleticism. And I don't know, you know, like in terms of factoring in two back surgeries since 2019 in an ACL there back in like 2017, I don't know how to factor that in. Now, that's for doctors. But the player that I watch, I think he's a top 10 player in the class. I think he will slide because of the medicals. And if so, I mean, the Jets could be in play based on where they're picking. I think 23 overall and they'll have to ask themselves that question like do we are are we comfortable with the medicals and and if so then you turn in the pick and the jets wind up having two top 10 caliber selections in this draft and 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 that would be really exciting i think he'd be a wonderful scheme fit for robert sala's defense so he's the guy that can be there but there's obviously kind of a an asterisk that you put there because if you don't clear him medically then he's not in play but Greg Newsom, the second from Northwestern, I think he's he's in this conversation. Like, like, no, he's not the same level of Horn or Sertain or Farley for me, but I think he'd be a very good selection for the Jets if they wanted to go with a cornerback, and he'd be worth pick 23. So if they want to laser in on a corner, I do think that they'll have a chance if they're comfortable with the medicals with Farley or if they're willing to take Newsom. I think they can get an answer at cornerback. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative designs of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get podcasts. 
Now, of course, there could be another way the Jets go at 23. Some of the positions I see as possibilities. You also have interior offensive line guard, guard specifically, which challenges corner, I think, as the biggest need on the on the roster right now. I also could see, I mean, they're not as glaring needs as they were at the start of free agency because of the additions of Corey Davis and Carl Lawson, but I could see the Jets maybe going for another receiver or maybe another edge rusher. Is there anybody in this range at those positions you could see being a viable option with that first, with that second first round pick? With the Jets, you know, I I do think you've identified the needs well. But we're talking premium draft picks here. And, and with that, if if I'm a Jets fan or if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm thinking about premium positions. And so, you know, maybe it's not the highest need, but it's an impact player at edge or at wide receiver. So while I definitely recognize interior offensive line, maybe linebacker, I, I just I'm not making that selection. Even running back, I think you can make a case if you know, they might have their ch- their choice of the top running backs in the draft. Uh, at 23, but it's not a premium position. And so for a team that's rebuilding and has you know started to build a little nucleus here, they have a clear vision on what's going to happen with this football team. I'm focusing on premium positions. And I think when it comes to the edge rushers, you know, they have a chance potentially at an Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, at a Quiddy Pay from Michigan. If they're comfortable with the medicals as it relates to Jalen Phillips from Miami, you know, he's definitely in play as well. And when it comes to wide receiver, I think there's going to be options as well. I don't think the Waddle, Chase, Devonta Smith conversation is is worthwhile for the Jets. I think those players will be long long gone. But Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU, even Elijah Moore from Ole Miss to be that you know that slot type player. I know Jamison Crowder is back, but is he really a long term answer for this team? I like what they have outside of Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, a player I like, even Keelan Cole. But if you can get a slot player like Elijah Moore to really boost your 11 personnel packages now and in the future, I think that's a conversation worth having. So at the end of the day, I'm focusing on premium positions, and I think they'll have options at edge and at wide receiver. I think you hit the nail on the head right there. I think sometimes the focus of the draft is too much on which positions you're weakest at and not on just adding premium players. I mean, that's what wins you games in the NFL. It's sometimes, yeah, I mean, improving your worst position does help your team, but so does making some, making a position, turning a position from okay into great. That that's one of the, that's another way you improve your team. No question about it. And especially like with the way that this roster is set, it's low hanging fruit to say, okay, interior offensive line running back. But if you can get even better at edge obviously corner a big need wide receiver I am going to focus my attention there with these types of picks now third fourth fifth round sure you know kind of get a player that you think is rosterable that you think can be a developmental starter for you at interior offensive line or or off-ball linebacker but um, the Jets with this I mean abundance of draft capital this year next seven picks in the first two rounds you got to focus on premium positions. Well, let's move on to those players who could be available at those positions in the middle rounds. Who are some guys you think would be good fits for the Jets there? Well, I think about what they want to be offensively, you know, kind of recreating a lot of the the 49ers dynamics, which means a lot of zone rushing. And uh, I watched a player recently, Kendrick Green from Illinois. I think that he'd be a wonderful fit for a team that wants to, do a lot of inside outside zone, the lateral quickness, the 
the ability to get to landmarks in space. I, I would love that in terms of an interior offensive line fit uh, for the uh, the New York Jets. You know, to me at running back, you look at you know they have well Michael P Ryan in place, they have Tevin Coleman in place, but if they were able to get like a Michael Carter from North Carolina, Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis, those guys would I think really kind of give them the type of back they're looking for at tight end. You know. You, there's no George Kittle that I can I could tell you is going to be available to recreate that, but I, I certainly think that a player like a Brevin Jordan from Miami or Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame can give them that versatile tight end option that gives them yards after catchability to really, you know, kind of get all these pieces in place that this team needs to have that that San Francisco style of offense in place, which is really difficult to defend if you have guys that can fill those roles and create yards after catch and will block. So, you know, those are some of the names I think offensively, at least that running back into your offensive line and tight end that I think would be worthwhile mid round targets to kind of identify as rosterable players that can develop into those types of roles. Let me ask you this, Joe. Now let's take the jets out of the equation. Who are some of your favorite day three sleepers in this year's class? My favorite day three sleepers. So that would be a good opportunity for me to pull up my draft board here and and, and dig into some of those guys. I, I go to some of these these um these edge rushers. Uh, I really like Janarius Robinson from uh, Florida State. He's a guy that uh, I think has all the tools. And a lot of these Florida State players, they've been so poorly coached uh, over the last several years. And I don't think that they've really been able to maximize their physical gifts. Guys that I think will be better players in the NFL than they were in, in, in college. And Janarius Robinson is, is definitely a guy that, that says that to me as far as that type of player. Trill Williams from Syracuse, I think he's probably a fourth-round guy. Um, played in the slot the last couple of years. He was outside as a freshman uh, three years ago. I think he's a versatile corner that uh, can play all across your, your defensive backfield that gives you size, athleticism, ball skills, and physicality. Um, he really pops for me. I, I, I kind of shouted out Kendrick Green. I think he's he's more of a round three guy. I'm not sure that he's a day three option. Um, so just a couple names off the top there. You know, I, I like players. You know, that's the thing about doing this line of work. I can I can go all day. I can give you players that I think in in the right role on day three can can claim a role. But I guess at the top of my head, those were the two that came to mind. Now, Joe, before we began recording, you mentioned to me that you're very impressed by Jets general manager Joe Douglas. And of course, you have a view of him as you cover one of the Jets AFC East rivals. In fact, the team that's now the team to beat in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills. Can you talk a little bit about the job you think Joe Douglas is doing rebuilding this Jets team? Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan. He just he might mess around and just get this thing right <laughs> based on the way things are going. And I mean, you want to talk about a tough situation to walk into where, uh, you know, you invested a bunch of free agent dollars into players that, you know, was it was questionable at the time, and, and you kind of have to work your way out of that. You have a bunch of players that are kind of entrenched that you didn't bring to this facility. You have a disastrous coaching situation in Adam Gase. You have a distant owner. I mean, a really tough situation to walk into, but uh, you look at that first draft class that he put together, and as far as the way I view the the prospects and where he got them and how he manipulated the board, I thought it was sensational. I, I mean, you look at you know, Mikai Becton and what 
I think he can be Denzel Mims. I like Bryce Hall is, is a guy that can break out this coming year. Even Braden Mann, the punter, was a player I like. Cameron Clark on, on the offensive line, I think, has developmental starter ability. So, I mean, I really saw eye-to-eye with <clears throat> even Ashton Davis. I, I mean, he's going to be a good player for them. I really saw eye-to-eye with that draft class, and then I really respect what he did in terms of finding a coach like Robert Sala that, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't think he would be in play for for the Jets. I thought he was going to go to Detroit, but um, obviously there was some buy-in there that makes this work, and I think he's going to be a really good leader. And I've seen firsthand covering the Bills what it what it can mean to have a defensive-minded coach that's the CEO of the football team that creates culture and the right environment for guys to come in and be the best version of themselves. And I think that Sela is that type of coach that can do that and I thought they had good value in free agency this year, getting a Corey Davis uh, for what they were able to get him to contract wise. You know, you're seeing what guys like Nelson Aguilar got Kenny Galladay. And I think it was a bargain contract for Corey Davis to make sure that you have a veteran for your young quarterback. I think so many times um, you see these young quarterbacks go into situations where there's no proven weapons. It's, it's a lot of young weapons. Think about Drew Locke in Denver, you know, like, just all these developing weapons around a developing quarterback that doesn't really give them their best chance to succeed. So I like that they went out and secured that. And, you know, Carl Lawson, I think, has a chance to be a really good edge player for this defense. And taking a swing on a guy like Jared Davis, I think, is very worthwhile um, to give him a fresh start. And and kind of you can see – you just see the vision with this team. And then to be able to flip Jamal Adams like he did for that draft capital and – even Sam Darnold, I think, to to get a two, four, and a six and be willing to wait on the two and the four, you know, I, I just see the vision. And, and I think a lot of times as somebody who studies roster construction and team building and all this type of stuff, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just don't see what the plan is. And it's very clear. I like the leadership. I like the players he's bringing in. I like the draft capital at his disposal. I like what he's been able to get for players that aren't part of the plan long term. I just, I buy in. And as a Bills guy, that's a little bit difficult to admit. But like I said at the beginning, I'm intellectually honest with my football takes. And I really like what's going on here with this Jets football team. Well, Joe, I like to hear that. And I have to be honest with you. I remember two years ago, I was not a fan of what the Jets did. And I looked at what the Bills did that first off season with Josh Allen. And of course, back then we were comparing 2018 quarterbacks. And I said, I said, why aren't the Jets doing that with Sam Darnold? And I, I'm with you. I kind of see the vision now in a way maybe I did not two years ago. Yeah, there's there's no question about it. And I think that there's, look, this is year one of Robert Saylor. I know it's kind of year one and a half of Joe Douglas or whatnot, but you know, this is this is at the infant stages. But I'm not going to sit here and, and, and act like the Jets have an upper echelon roster at this point, but they have a clear path to getting that depth and, and really developing you know, what the nucleus of this football team is with all this draft capital. I didn't even mention Sheldon Rankins, which was a, a, an underrated signing that I don't think got the attention it deserved this offseason. So, I mean, I just like the players he's bringing in. There's athleticism with these guys. There's upside. You know, It's not like these low-floor players that are just going to kind of get by and, and, and fill holes for you, but you know, between the young players they're bringing in, between the draft capital they have, you can see this vision. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that I think the Jets are a contender next year, but I think they're well on their way within a couple of years to being a team that can make some noise in the AFC. And obviously the key to that being 
the quarterback they draft at number two, him developing and, and realizing his ceiling and, and becoming you know a franchise caliber quarterback, everything else seems to be able to uh, fall into place if that is the truth. And you know the Jets have that draft capital to continue adding young talent. And and I just I like the players he's bringing in, and um, I think this is the first time in a while I, I've been able to look at this Jets forecast and, and feel really good about it you know kind of just kind of putting myself into that Jets mindset and, and really being comfortable with with the direction of the team and if you are a Bills fan who is angry at Joe he did warn you at the start of the podcast yep. that he was going to say <laughs> something like that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever and the new Built Bar is even more delicious there are now 18 amazing flavors the bars are covered in 100% chocolate they are soft and easy to chew and they are low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber Right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at BuiltBar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball's 2021 season is underway, and the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Audacity, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team will be making trades and picking the next stars of their team. I will be the Jets general manager for the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Search for it on the new Audacity app or wherever you get your podcasts. Audacity is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. So, Joe, I'm going to finish the show with what I will refer to as the Andrew segment. And the reason I'm referring it to the as the Andrew segment is I got an email on Monday from a listener named Andrew who talked about how he enjoys when the hosts of the various Locked On shows in the AFC East get together to do a big crossover show. You know, we did a couple of them last year with Mike of Locked On Patriots and Kyle of Locked On Dolphins. And he was hoping we'd be, get, be able to get together before the draft to, to talk about the draft. Now, I think we probably will at some point before the season begins, the four of us will get together, but I don't think it's going to happen before the draft. But let's give Andrew one third of what he's asking for. And since you are the Bills expert on Locked On Bills, how do you see this draft playing out for the Bills? What would you like them to do? How do you think they're going to approach it? Well, I, I think Brandon being the general manager of the Bills has done a good job of going into this draft without a glaring need. Now, I don't think – I'm not going to sit here and say they don't have needs. There's certain pla- certainly places they can upgrade. There's roles that they can fill. But there's nothing that the Bills have to get. They don't have to find their starting right tackle or starting cornerback or linebacker or anything like that. They've They've – they're bringing back 21 of 22 starters. The only starter they're not bringing back from last year's team that went to the AFC Championship is John Brown, who they decided to cut and bring in Emmanuel Sanders, a move that you know they, they probably think is an upgrade. And they've added some bargain bin type free agents to fill some holes and, and potentially upgrade in other areas. So 
they don't go into this thing with, oh my gosh, you better come away with your starter at this position. But I do think cornerback is one where there's an, a need to upgrade. Levi Wallace is the guy opposite of Tredavious White. And Levi Wallace is a, a serviceable starter, but I think he's upgradable. He's only on a one-year deal. And outside of Tredavious White and seventh-round pick Dane Jackson from last year, the Bills don't have a single cornerback under contract beyond the 2021 season. So, you know, I think you can see some investments coming there. I do think at defensive end, they have an opportunity to get better. You know, Jerry Hughes continues to be a good player, but Mario Addison didn't quite meet expectations last year. And at 33 years old, I'm not sure that he has great football ahead of him. I think AJ Epinesa is a player they like that will develop. Uh, and FA Obata came in on a one-year deal. But if the Bills want to really create this pass rush that I think they envision, I think there's an opportunity to get better there. And so they'll play the waiting game and see if a guy can uh, can fall. You know, interior offensive line is another spot where Cody Ford is penciled in as the, uh, the left guard. But, you know, he's a, a highly picked player from 20, uh, 2019. And in two seasons, I don't think he's really answered a whole lot of questions about what he can be in the NFL. So interior offensive line is a spot that I think is upgradable for the Bills. But again, no, no got to have it type stuff, but certainly areas where they can get better. Joe Marino, thank you so much for stopping by. Always great to chat with you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, John. And thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to it and give it a five-star review. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week to talk more Jets.